Hello and welcome to Fostering Focus from Norfolk County Council. My name is Scott and I'm the Marketing Manager for the Fostering and Adoption Service. We set up our podcast so that you, the listener, can hear firsthand from our current foster carers, social workers and team managers. We'll be discussing various topics which may help you in your decision to apply to become a foster carer. Today I'm speaking with Wendy and Leslie and we're going to be discussing fostering a child with complex needs or a disability. This episode was recorded on the 10th of September 2020 and we do hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to the show, Wendy and Leslie. Hello, Scott. Hi. So, um, Wendy, tell us what a typical day is like. Well, obviously, it depends on the different young people that you care for. But if I was looking at the typical day with the young person that I have at present, obviously, it starts with him waking up in the morning and he always wakes up happy. So I'm very lucky in that respect. Um, First thing I have to do is give him his medication and flush it because the little boy that I look after has a peg feed. And then I normally turn on his telly and give him a couple of toys to play with while I let his medication work and I get his breakfast ready. Um, I then go back to do his peg feed after about 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes. And then after that, I get him ready for school. This is on a typical school day. Um, He goes to school quite early because most of the special schools are around Norwich. And so he has quite a long journey into school. So his day would mean leaving home about half past seven, 20 to eight, and he might not get home till about half past four, sometimes 20 to five. Um, He comes in, it's very much, would you like a drink? He'll either be, you know, sign yes or no. Um, And then it's a case of working out, you know, letting him have a bit of downtime while I get his peg feed ready again for tea time. And then it's bath time and it's watch telly, play with his toys. He likes very much to be in the lounge in the evening. Um, and that is when he's at school. When he's not at school, obviously, it's a lot more lax. And it's a case of letting him just wake up in his own time. Obviously, peg feeds and everything still come into your day. But he's a very, very happy little man. And he loves nothing more than he's very sociable. And when we can go out, obviously, we can't at the moment. But when we can go out and about, he does love to go out. Um, he loves his swimming, which he does on a regular basis. And, well, not being funny, if when we're in lockdown and he's faced with like lots of movies like the rest of us and watching Netflix and <laughs> just enjoying being at home surrounded by all his toys, he was absolutely in his element like that. And, and Wendy, how have you found the um, like the, the training during the pandemic, you know, using the um, learning portal that's available to foster carers? Well, obviously, there's a lot of training available from attachment to equality. There's all them sort of things. But also with children with disabilities, I've done medication training, uh, manual handling. Yeah. You can also do safeguarding for children with disabilities, which I think is very important because obviously a lot of them haven't got a voice. So it's about being able to pick up on the signs because obviously it's not quite so easy. And obviously a lot of the time it can be linked to behaviours and so it can be easily hidden if um, there was a safeguarding problem going on. But I've done all sorts and I've done, I've even done food food training and that was within children with disabilities believe it or not because a lot of the times you're storing certain foods and they need to have dates checked and food temperatures checked but uh, I would like to say that I've done a lot of training in my time there is quite a lot available 
some that are specific for children with disabilities but even if you look at a lot of the other training such as attachment yeah. a lot of attachment behaviors can be seen very similar to autistic children so a lot of it is very broad and and goes across but no there's normally a very good training program and even at the moment as we go through covid and not being able to mix they've increased the amount of online training that is available so if you've got a spare afternoon or a couple of hours you can just link in and take the opportunity to get a bit of training done yeah which is which is that sense of community isn't it yeah there's also like your peg training because you have to be trained for every child that comes into the house and things like sign along and different things that you can access like that mm. and it does help because you know the health can be quite complex can't it so you know taking those opportunities are useful oh like i said um it's really easy and you can just go on to like the e-learning courses that are available out there um i've even sat down with foster carers you know when you've got some new carers that have come along and perhaps they're not quite as confident and i say to them you know you can just easily and i've sat with them i have sat with a couple of carers and sat with them while they've done their first e-learning you know and it's just very nice to sit there with them as they go through it talk about it and then at the end say now there you go it wasn't that difficult was it and how easily that bit of training and you've just learned something else but no I think I'm, I'm so pleased that they've increased the amount that was available because you can soon whip through all the ones that were on the e-learn and, and then you're thinking oh my goodness me you know we now can't actually get out there and sit in rooms together so yeah but at the same time there's also you know mark who's my supervisor worker he's very good if he finds a bit of information that he thinks might be a good read or something out there or there's a program coming up that might be relevant he'll send a link out to all of his carers and say just thought you might like to read this or thought you might like to be aware of that and if i watch a program or something which um i think might have a relevance to fostering and perhaps working with parents and things like that I'll let Mark know so that he's got the opportunity to share it with others as well. Well, I think it's just so useful to have an experienced carer like Wendy. That's the feedback that foster carers give me when I'm visiting them. You know, if they can speak to somebody like Wendy that's very experienced, doing it day in, day out, the whole task feels less daunting, um, you know, with somebody there to explain it really and walk beside you. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie, for that. But no, I think sometimes just saying to carers, you know, I always point my carers across to watch Stacey Dooley because so many of the um, the different things that she specialises in when she does her programmes are relevant mm. to the children that we work with. And I find them so interested in her programmes. Yeah. And I remember watching one and that was about children within the care system in a European country, Eastern European country. And the traveller community and how they were being victimised and their children were being put into homes and being abused. And do you know what I mean? And that's somebody like her who's bringing this out. So every time I go out there and I'm seeing foster carers and, you know, helping them with their standards and different things, I always encourage them to, you know, get on there and look at what's available because there are other ways of learning if you're not that great on the computer. I'm just thinking, Wendy, in a typical day when you're working with children with disabilities, you know how many other professions and people you work with oh my goodness me if I think of my young man at the moment I mean I had him at the doctor's um yesterday for his disability health check so we see the nurse first we see the doctor after but 
as I said to the doctor, there's that many professionals involved at the moment. We've got that many different doctors. We've got Great Ormond Street. We've got OTs. In literally in the last three weeks, I have spoken with the orthopaedics at the hospital. I've spoken with the physio about concerns around feet and movement. I've taken him to the Siskin Centre, which is the dentist for children with disabilities. I've spoken with two doctors and had like appointments over the phone. And then, like I said, I did the disability health check. So that just gives you an idea. And this is all in the last, what, three, three and a half weeks. So there are a lot of people involved. And that's without school. And you have your PEPs and your LAC meetings. And then you have the LAC health assessments, don't you? So you have like Sue the nurse comes out and does that. So there's a lot of people that you work with. Mm. So we've, we've covered a little bit about training, um, but we've also got other areas, haven't we, for uh, for potential foster carers to look after children with complex needs, um, respite being one of those. Leslie, you've, you know, your background of working with the short breaks team, the value that they'll get out of it as a carer is is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, carers are looking for different sorts of roles with families. And one of the positive things about being a short break carer is that you can work with the family. And it's also not a full time commitment for yourself. So, you know, you may have some spare time and it's a good feeling to be able to help others, really. So, Wendy, you've done, you've, you know, you started out as a, as a mainstream foster carer. You've done respite. You're now a mainstream, what we would call as a children with disabilities carer. Um, can you take us through those various areas and, and your experience of them? Well, originally, like you said, we were mainstream and we did adolescence because that, I always think that's an age group, which is very difficult mm. to find foster carers for. But can I say we really enjoyed our time doing that? Yeah. Then because of our own son having disabilities and having to move because we were having adaptions done for him and we needed to find the right sort of accommodation. So that's what made us then move into a bungalow. And it was only after we'd had all the... Um, modifications done and everything that I actually said to my husband have you ever thought that perhaps we'd be good for working with children with disabilities because not being funny when you've had a disabled child yourself you get to you know all the people at the hospital you know all the different doctors the dietitians and OTs and these sort of people so I said that would obviously help us which we felt that it would so Mm. at the time you've got the specialist team and Anyway, we asked about working for the children with disabilities, but it's working with children of complex health or disability or and disability. Um, And actually, yes, we've absolutely loved it. And if you asked me to go back now, I probably wouldn't go back. I'm not saying that I don't miss work and mainstream because I do. But actually working with children with disabilities has been really lovely Mm. through working with with children with complex health. We ended up gaining our son that we adopted so that's been an absolute blessing that I thank myself every day that we we got him so when you come over to children with disabilities the difference is that you then get your respite I would say that not always have I had respite for the children that I've cared for Um, a young man who lived with me who Leslie knows from the age of eight to 20 now I didn't want respite for him I didn't feel I needed respite so that was fine but then when you get like the young man that I've got now uh, see I find him um, a lovely cheerful little chappy and everything but he does take a lot of our time yeah and 
you know, when you have got others in the house, which we have, we've got two other sons in the house, sometimes it's just nice to be able to recharge your batteries and perhaps just give the other children in the house a little bit of time just to themselves because so much of their time they share their parents with other children. And I think that's really important that you're able to give them that bit of quality time for themselves. Yeah, and I suppose the the respite, it's not just for yourselves and your partner, it is for you and your family. It's it's about, you know, about all of you having that time to unwind and and relax and and just have that quality time yeah you know if you're you know you're you're putting all of your effort the whole family's putting all their effort into helping support you etc so it's just good to have that time and I suppose that's why we want why we need uh more carers to come forward and offer offer respite and for anyone that was looking to step into the world of children with complex needs or a disability to to look after them. I suppose, you know, dipping their toe in the water to see if they've got the right attributes or they can do it. Um, you know, respite is a good way of, of of taking that step. Would you agree with me there, Leslie and Wendy? Well, I would. I would certainly say as a very good tester. And I aren't being funny. Leslie, you would know more about this than me, but I would have thought quite often you'd find people come in to be a respite carer but end up taking on a full-time child or am I wrong? Yeah no definitely because I think you know sometimes people have this idea that they won't be able to do it but people have to remember that they're children first they may have a disability but they're children first and I think if you can build your confidence with the children and find out you know how they communicate they each have their individual way of doing that And suddenly you realise that actually, you know, they're an absolute joy to be around. They're very rewarding to work with. And if you can do it on a small basis, like when he says respite or short breaks, build your confidence. We have had carers that have started out doing a little bit of daycare to help other carers or families, then perhaps moving to offer overnights as the child has got older and the strain within the family is more challenging. And then they find themselves offering a whole weekend. And then sometimes things have really been difficult for that family and they can't care full time for their child anymore. And we've had carers step up and say, actually, you know, I'm happy to share that care and do a shared care arrangement or look after them full time. Mm. So it is worth, you know, investing that time and getting to know the children and trying it uh, as a short break carer, really, as Wendy said. Yeah, because I did shared care, Leslie, with um, a young girl for a year because um, her mum, things weren't working well at home, mum wasn't managing well. And and actually, while she was with us, that relationship broke down. But that was lovely because then we were able to build the relationship with her dad. And she ended up leaving ours to go and live with her dad and his partner. And I think that's something else, Wendy, you and I have talked about, isn't it? Again, about the importance of building those working relationships with birth families yeah we were we were only talking about it the other day me and my husband and saying you know along the way the majority of parents we've always had a really good relationship with when I think back to um our first ever foster child but when his dad used to pick him up once a month and at a later time I ended up having his sister as well but all that time He'd always come in, have a cup of tea when he arrived to pick the children up. And and there was a really good relationship. And he was with us and his sister eventually 
for a lot of years and actually you know that relationship is still there now and another young man that I cared for from the age of eight to 20 this young man was autistic and when he decided that he asked me if he could call me mum and I said to him well you can call me whatever you like um and then he said that he also wanted to call Nick dad and how I explained to him that was absolutely fine but obviously you've got to think of the parents because at the end of the day they are mum and dad but again we had such a good relationship with their parents or his parents that in the end it was fine and when dad used to pick him up he used to say well go on give your mum a kiss so that we can get going and and that was just really lovely and obviously you know the young child that I've got now the relationship with his dad we've got an excellent relationship and I he says to me straight that he feels almost like one of the family when he comes in which I think is really lovely and and as I've said before you know if he turns up say that taxi gets him here 10 minutes early and I'm just doing something with our young man in the bedroom and and I'll just shout down I'll be with you in 10 minutes just sorting something out and he goes oh that's all right I'll put the kettle on and I actually think that's really quite lovely and you know if my family turn up while he's here he knows everybody and that just makes everything really comfortable and that makes it lovely for the young person that you look after. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's that, you know, involving the family or continuing to involve the family in the child's life sends a very positive message to the child about their sense of value. Um, so, so Leslie, can you just give us a bit of context about you know, what made you want to be a social worker specifically for children with uh, complex needs or disabilities? I think it's just really rewarding and you get to work with a wide range of people. There's a real sense of community in the children with disabilities services. And, you know, as a worker, that's great that you can pull all your advice and your skills for the benefit of the children. And when children make progress, it may be something very small, like they look at you or they move their foot or they suddenly gesture. But that is very rewarding. And worth it. And um, and and Wendy, just just sum up what you get from being a complex needs carer. The real kind of the real essence and the value that you get from it. I think the same as Leslie, as in the rewards that you get back. But it is just like Leslie just said, the smallest things telling me that my young man would never walk, and now he can walk saying that he'd never have the ability to do things independently and now he turns the light on when he goes off to bed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he walks ahead and he's able to do that. So, you know, however small, when I think of this little young man that I look after, his social worker said he's like a flower who's had water dripped on him and he's absolutely blossomed. And I think that's the only thing you can say because he's nothing like the young man, you know, yeah. who came, came to stay with us originally. And and knowing you quite well, Wendy, I mean, you've given him so many wonderful things to do in his life, haven't you? Oh, God. Yeah. You, know, you know, like Christmas last year. And, you know, I, I would have thought seeing his face see Mickey Mouse for the first time and, and that just lighting up the sort of, you know, you've you're, you're given him uh, memories that he's going to be able to treasure. Exactly. And all the lovely days out we have as well. We just have some really 
wonderful experiences. And yes, if you looked at our young man now and all the things that he's done and going off on a plane, didn't know if we'd ever be able to get him on a plane. All of that sort of thing, Scott, has just been wonderful, wonderful for him. Yeah, and and I and I have to say it was, you know, quite emotional meeting him when we when we did the interview with uh, uh, with with you and um, and his dad, and I, I really do hope that, hope that people that are listening to this podcast get a kind of um, a rough understanding of what it is like to be a um, a carer for children with complex needs and a disability. Um, and I'd just like to say a big thank you to you both, Wendy and Leslie, for giving us a fantastic understanding of what it's like to be a foster carer and a supervising social worker that specialises in children with complex needs. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. I'd just like to say, finally, please subscribe to our podcast via either Apple, Google, Spotify or Deezer. Simply just search Fostering Focus. Until next time, this has been Fostering Focus. <laughs>